Hey, what's up? Hello and welcome in to our latest episode of Geek Garage Goes to the Movies. I am Ted, joined as always by my co-host David. Hello! Hello David. Uh, today we're going to talk about effects in movies, particularly Yo. practical effects, which yep. I know I tend to prefer over CG, and I'm sure David has an opinion as well. Absolutely. Um, we are definitely not experts in this field, nope. or any field for that matter. But, Just uh, hardcore fans. Yeah, so we uh, will probably sound like morons multiple times, but that's nothing new for anyone that's ever listened to us talk either on the podcast or in real life. Yes, yes. it's really either or. Yeah, we're very yeah. on brand. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we'll do a little bit of a, a history on them, kind of sort of the formation of them in film. And then uh, effects and their evolution over time leading up into CG. And we'll do a little bit of debating about uh, practical effects versus computer-generated effects and kind of which one we prefer. Right. Um, which ones are better for different reasons and kind of the pros and cons of each. So I'm excited. I know Dave is excited. Yep. Um, even though he did post on the Instagram about this and then left off the goat. That's neither here nor there. We're going to put that in the past yeah. and move forward. So I am a terrible social media person. You're just and a terrible just, person. You didn't even have to say social media. Well, that too. Yeah. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have to, like, twist the knife well, after you stabbed me. But You, you should know. You well, should know. All right. You need to know. You should also know that that's kind of what I'm about. It's, it's true, but... Anyway, uh, I think that's a good enough intro. Let's get this shit show on the road. Let's do it. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Ted, you ready to talk about some practical effects? Yes. I cool. think first we should kind of clarify what we mean when we say practical effects. That is fair because yeah. special effects and CG are definitely more prevalent in mm-hmm. today's movie culture, in contemporary movie culture. So we should definitely clarify, as yeah. you said. So when we say practical effects, when we talk about practical effects versus special effects, special effects is going to be anything that's predominantly computer generated. Right. Okay. When we say practical effects, we're going to talk about things that are predominantly done with real physical things. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> like models in a lot of older films, particularly, um, would be an instance of practical effects. A lot of horror movies have a lot of practical effects. Right. Which we'll get into. And we'll get into some more specific examples as the podcast goes on. But just to kind of clarify, when we're talking about practical effects, like I said, it's going to be things that have been done either entirely or at least predominantly with like physical items right yeah and it was done because doing things with computers simply was not an option or the technology just wasn't there yet and if they could possibly do it 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 just wasn't going to look good right so they they had to use what what they had and and what they had was like chicken wire and string and and, and like motors from old cars and so basically all the dinosaurs that you see minus like the the big dinosaur shots in Jurassic Park that's all practical effect mm, effects it's yeah, yeah animatronics guys in suits yeah. etc so that's that's 
pretty much one of your best. That's examples. why they look good. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah and we'll, that's, we'll get into some of that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll push on. Let's say. Uh, so we, I guess we can talk uh, a brief history of practical effects. Ted, you're probably a little bit more qualified. As we said, we're we're not going to go uh, deep diving into yeah, a, a, we're, into we're the history. We're experts by no means. We're just fans, right? We're idiots, basically. Yes. I am at least. Um, so effects have been around basically since movies were a possible, thing, right? right? Since we could record. Um, there's instances in photography that date back until like the 19th century. There's a really famous photo of um, the the girl with the fairies in the garden, mm-hmm. um, which were just like. I want to say like paper cutouts or something, which is like a, a some you can make the argument that that's like a proto practical effect, um, and then you get into things like the work of like Buster Keaton, and he's really famous for a lot of his like his stunts, but all those were done like practically because this is like the nineteen twenties. They didn't right. have computers were not a thing, so obviously yeah. like computer generated imagery wasn't. There's the one from like I think it's Steamboat Bill Jr. from like nineteen twenty five, nineteen twenty eight, something like that. Um, you've probably seen the GIF of it online. Also, it's pronounced GIF, not GIF. I don't care what the creator says. <laughs> he's uh, wrong. He's, he is wrong. <laughs> um, of like the side of the house falling down and it lands so that Keaton goes, like he's standing there and it falls and the window hits right. exactly where he is. It's, it's been re- recreated and reproduced uh, several times. For sure. And like I said, like, even through- if you've never seen the film, which I don't expect a lot of people have watched, you know, all of Buster Keaton's movies, Right. For sure. But, I mean, you've probably seen just that clip. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever looked at a list online of, like, great practical effects or great stunts, like, you've probably seen that and, uh, honestly, a bunch of other Keaton stuff. Then you get up through, you know, you, you move forward into, like, the 50s. And, of course, there's all those, like, classic sci-fi movies from the 50s. Mm-hmm. That some of them have really terrible effects where you can see, like, the wire and the cardboard UFO or whatever. Right. Um, but, I mean, they're working with what they had. All up through the 70s and kind of the horror and slashers, which um, a lot of those movies really revolutionized a lot of practical effects. And mm-hmm. horror, horror had a huge effect on it, uh, like Tom Savini with Friday the 13th. Yep. And we'll, we'll cover him a little more in depth. Um, and, and, and even stuff like Spielberg uh, in Jaws, for example, the shark, which didn't work and somehow made the movie better. Right. Um, because you couldn't see it as much, so that, that suspense kind of built. Um, stuff with like E.T. and Close Encounters as well into Jurassic Park mm-hmm. which you kind of touched on which that movie was made almost 30 years ago using like MS-DOS and still looks better than most of the movies that are out now right yeah um, I kind of glanced over it but like one of my f- all time favorite movies uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey which mm-hmm. is 51 years old and looks better than almost every movie that's come out in the last 10 years still right yeah um, I, I remember a couple months ago I uh, found a triple feature Blu-ray special. Uh, I think it was either on Amazon or in the store. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it was it was a Kubrick triple feature mm. with 2001, Clockwork Orange, and The Shining. Mm. And I I texted you and you were like, oh, you lucky fuck. And so I started watching 2001 because I hadn't seen it since yeah. high school. And I was, I was like... Dude, this movie literally looks... It looks fucking looks, amazing. Lo- it literally looks like it was made yesterday. Yeah. Like, I, I caught it... Um, for the 50th anniversary, they did, they did the re-release on IMAX, or in IMAX theaters, mm-hmm. and I caught it, and I was just like... Right. I could die right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, this is the it's, peak. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's crazy, but... 
that's another podcast for another time. Um, and then up into, you know, as you get into the 90s, particularly the mid-90s, that's kind of when CGI starts to take hold. Mm-hmm. And then now, pretty much, it's almost like boutique to have practical effects in your movie. Because CG's like, it's so prevalent and it's also so cheap now. You know, as computers have become more ubiquitous and like, um, it's cheaper to farm out CG labor to, right. you know, these huge, these huge companies and like... Um, I know a lot of places in Asia have these huge like animation firms that all do CG, yeah, and they farm that out. There's some in the in the states as well, like Pixar, of course. Um, it also takes uh, it's a lot more. I mean, I, I uh, no pun intended. It's practical to use special. I mean, it's uh, effects safer. And CG. It's cheaper. You, you know, kind of what you're. Uh, it's easier to set expectations for like your financiers and the studio. Uh, so like, right. so like nailing down hard deadlines is a little bit easier because when you're working with mechanical uh, props and things that have like motors, uh, shit can go wrong. Right. Like, you know. uh, th- there was like jaws was, uh, was supposed to be shot in like 45 days or something like that. And it was pushed to like 150 or something. I, I, I'm paraphrasing with the dates, but uh, it, it, just because you know the shark was malfunctioning, uh, the I mean, there's a whole book written on this. Uh, but it's yeah. a great book, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, yeah. But yeah, it, it's overall, it, you know, the there is definitely a time and place for special effects, CG. And, you know, that we don't want this episode to be us, like, shitting on special effects because we both go see movies with plenty yeah. of special effects. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think CG has... <laughs> CG exists in this kind of weird space for me. Well, like, I should say, like, modern CG in mm-hmm. a way. It's going to continue getting better as long as, like, computer technology continues to get better. Right. But we've kind of reached this, like almost uncanny valley with CG. Whereas like CG is really, really good at certain things and you can make certain things be almost indistinguishable from reality. Right. Right. So like backgrounds of the world. So like a cityscape or, you know, a forest or whatever, like you can make those look and do a side by side and it's like, Damn, I'm not, a, you know, unless right. you've got an eagle eye or like you're an animator, so you kind of know what to look for. Right. The average person is probably not going to re- really be able to tell. Right. But then there's some CG that looks bad no matter how good the graphics are. Right. And it, like for me, that really takes me out of the movie. Like, you know, not to <clears throat> bring up the, you know, the MCU movies because we all know that we're never going to agree, but mm. we can agree on this at least like to use a specific example, the uh, the the airport scene from Civil War, like I was watching it like I think it was the second time and I was this is obviously like CG, like they couldn't f- like find some sort of like airplane hangar or some place to like film at and it, like it just like they thought they could get away with like just blurring out the background and being like, yeah, we're actually at an airport. And I'm like, you're obviously fucking not. That's at one an of airport. my biggest issues with the MCU. And I, anybody that's listened to the podcast before or has talked to me about movies in real life knows that like I got a shitload of issues with it. Yeah. But one of my biggest ones is like everything is filmed on a green screen. There's scenes from like an Endgame, for example, where they're in. I, I think it's supposed to be like Avengers. 
like the Avengers the compound. compound or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like this is a warehouse. Right. That your that your scene is taking place in. Like you're telling me like you filmed this in a fucking warehouse in Atlanta. Like just take the green screen out and tell the crew to part like the Red Sea right. and just film that. But no, it's just like there's no depth to it. There's like that artificial depth. And like the again, in a static picture, the background would look like, okay, yeah, that's that's like a warehouse. Right. Yeah. Whatever. They filmed it wherever. It doesn't matter. Right. And then you know, the outside stuff is CG'd in. But no, it's like the whole thing is shot on green screen. And it's just like it it it's like I said, that kind of uncanny valley. Another example is anytime you see somebody or something doing something that is not realistic. And one of the big examples I always point to about bad CG, a couple of them is in the, it's in one of the Hobbit movies that Jackson did from the Hobbit trilogy Mm -hmm. where Legolas is like running up a falling bridge. It's like something that's physically impossible, like could never happen in reality. Right. And you're watching it and it looks off because your brain is like, what is happening? This isn't something that could happen. Right. Which we'll put a pin in and come back to. And, and another part is like, and I, I don't want to seem like I'm shitting on these movies because, um, I'm, the Hobbit movies had something missing for me personally. But like it, which I'm about to bring up, the 2017, I think it was 2017's mm-hmm. it. Like I really liked, but there's the part where they're in the house, and Pennywise comes out of the cupboard and like uncontorts himself, kind of like a marionette doll. Yeah, and it's just like. I understand why that was done with CG, but it's just like, it looks, it's so obviously CG that it kind of, like you said, it kind of takes you out of it, in my opinion. I mean, like, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. It's pretty fresh in my memory because I just rewatched it, but that, uh, like, I guess I, I don't have a problem with that scene. Like, I know that it's, I guess they could achieve that with practical effects. I don't know how. Like, I mean, it's literally fucking magic, the the way that they put together practical Uh, effects. Yeah, I agree 100%. But, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I I liked that scene. I I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was an effective scene. Maybe I'm, like, hypocritical because I'm kind of willing to give that a pass because it's like, all right, Pennywise is not a real creature. I don't expect him to, like... Conform to conform the, to the like the, the laws the hum- of reality and what the human right, body actually right. does. So yeah. uh, like it was a cool scene, but at the same time it was like it was obviously CG. Sure, like I know what I you're think, saying. I think the end of the end of Black Panther is another good example of like rush CG, mm-hmm. where it's like I feel like that really drugged the movie down in some ways. Sure, it's still like a solid movie and one of the few MCU movies that I'm like, yeah, this is a good, this is a legitimately good film. Yeah, but like. It's just like, man, how much better would it have been if they had not been like, no, you can't have the extra six weeks or whatever to do this. Like, we need this movie out. Right. Um, you know, and, and I get it. Again, special effects, computer effects are cheaper. They're safer. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand all those things. Practical effects. And maybe this is just because, like, I grew up watching classic movies. Right. You know, so to me, Godzilla is always going to look better as, like, a dude in a rubber suit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think part of that is like if you see a practical effect, like you see somebody dressed up as Godzilla or, you know, you see a car crash in a film, like a stunt crash, your brain is like, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas if you see something that's CG, like we did the episode about Godzilla King of the Monsters and like, while I thought that movie looked awesome, at no point was I like my belief 
suspended. Right. Or my disbelief suspended. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas as a kid, and part of this is because I'm, you know, 35 and not eight anymore, you know, but like as right. a kid, hell, even as like an adult, watching a movie with a practical effect, I'm like, fuck, that was cool. And it's like, there's not that weird, like uncanny valley kind of shit going on. That's yeah. just, that's just me. I don't yeah. know. No, I, I definitely get it. And there's a, one one thing I wanted to quickly bring up while we're kind of on this subject anyways is like the the correlation between practical effects and sometimes, a lot of the times, better acting. Yeah. Because you're not in a suit with like balls on it or, you know, you're you're not in, in like a suit or you're, you're not like up against blue or green walls. The, the director's not like, talk to where that tennis ball is on right. the wall because that's where we're going to CGI in like the computer screen for the video chat or like that's where the ghost is going to be or whatever. Right. And I think like, I mean, granted you know, they're actors. So a lot of them can do that. You know, it's mm. uh, for, for some, it's not that big of a deal, but I think, uh, you know, this correlation that I, I kind of thought of, I, I had a specific age range in mind and it, my thought was like slightly older actors, you know, like, um, actors that kind of their heyday was in the, the, um, practical effects era mm. and and all of a sudden they're having to do movies with special effects that you know they with you know doing things that they've never had to do before and um, yeah so. and it's kind of weird so like to keep picking on the mcu i guess like you see all the production shots of like endgame being filmed or infinity war being filmed right. and you have josh brolin in like the suit but josh brolin the person and Thanos, the character, like Thanos, is bigger than any regular human, right? Right. There's so there's like, like a pole sticking out, right? Of like and his so it's back. like, hey, actually, when you're talking to him, right. look, look at this, up where right. his head is. Yeah, it's like he's walking around with a telephone pole or like a light post uh, on his back, right? And they're like, yeah, look at that, and right? Like and, it, and like you said, they're they're professional actors, so they're they're gonna do what they need to do, right? But it's just like it seems like. One would think that you've spent predominantly, a, you know, a, a large proportion of your career acting with other people, playing off of another human being, mm -hmm. you know, to, to um, you know, performing with another human being, right? And now suddenly you're in a franchise film or a sci-fi film or what have you, and it's like, okay, do all that, but now you don't have that added benefit because, like, we're going to put this character in later. We're going to put this thing in later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's see. We, I guess we can go ahead and start listing out like some of uh, the most popular practical effects. Yeah. I think we've done enough with like the shitting on. Yeah. <laughs> the shitting on stuff. Right after I said, Hey, this isn't going to be a shitting on CG session. We, well, I mean, look, we, we so, didn't. Like, there are movies that I think do CG really, really well. I think gravity is a really good example of how to use CG. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think anybody's looking at gravity and being like, this looks real. Like it looks good. Right. But I don't think like, I didn't think it looked real. You know right. what I mean? I think it it looks really good with the sound off. I didn't think it was that great of a movie, but it was pretty. I mean, we can talk about did it deserve you know 
the hype it got. Yeah. Compared to that's another discussion for another time. But like, you know, it yeah, it's great to look at. I mean, even some of the movies that that we talked about that had some instances of bad CGI are still solid movies. Right. Like I saw Endgame and I was like, all right, this movie was not made for me, so I'm not gonna like it like somebody else would. But like, I can recognize that there's talent. Right. You know what I mean? Or I can recognize that it's like. A, a, a serviceable film. You know right. what I mean? So, I don't think movies that are CG are bad just because they yeah. have CG. I mean, it's inescapable now. Like, I mean, some of my favorite films have CG in them, whether I, I realize it or not. Right. I still, in a lot of ways, like I said, prefer the practical effects. So, mm-hmm. um, again, now we really will stop shitting on, <laughs> shitting yes. on them. Or even semi-shitting on them and kind of start listing yeah, out practical and, effects. And also, like, movies with practical effects, they're still... Uh, they're still bad. There's still such things as bad practical effects. Oh, for sure. Uh, mainly because, well, I mean, like some of them just like they weren't done very well, or or maybe rushed, or it just wasn't a good idea. They didn't have the budget, right? Or yeah. or like it, they simply haven't aged well. Like you know, you look at it now. Like I mean, there's pr- plenty of practical effects, obviously, that hold up. But there's some where you look at it and you're like, all right, that's obviously fucking ridiculous. Like, right. and, and you just laugh at something that was horrifying. You know, I mean, like, I love, I love all those like 50s and 60s B movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, if you look at like House on Hunted Hill, for example, right, when the skeleton flies out of the ceiling, like it looks terrible. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But you have to think like there's a context for everything, right? So you mm-hmm. got to think it's like 1950 whatever that movie came out. Skeletons didn't fly out of the ceiling. People then. were probably shitting their fucking pants. <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, or something like uh, the birds, Hitchcock's the birds. Like right, yeah. The scenes with the actual birds look amazing. The scenes with the fake birds kind of don't hold up. But again, <laughs> it's like 1960 or 1961 when this exactly. movie's coming out. It's like you work with what you have. Yeah. So things like that get a pass. CG should I think especially a lot of older movies well not older but like let's say like 90s movies when CG was first kind of starting to become to pop right. up but strangely they don't get that same pass people are like oh it looks terrible now yeah. it's like it looked terrible then it was just mind like Spawn right. is a good example of that I remember right. when that I'm old as shit so I remember when that movie came <laughs> out and people were like the cape effects and those same people today are like, the movie actually looks like shit. It looked like shit in 1996. You know what's always looked like shit is lightning. Like, no one That's has true. ever done light. I remember seeing the very first Terminator movie. It uh, wasn't... I'm going to stop you right there because that movie is flawless. Okay, so the when he he's first beamed into the past and like he's... And, like, the lightning strikes, like, I laughed my ass off because... It looks amazing, and you were just like, I have to laugh because my brain can't handle how awesome this is. That's not accurate. Well, that's how I'm choosing to accept it. All right, well... Anyway, we kind of got off track there. So, we want to talk about some different practical effects, some of our favorite effects. And the Um, answer is Jurassic Park. Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Some of our favorite effects, as well as some of the really popular, obvious ones. I mean... They're obvious for a reason because they're fucking amazing. Right. Right. Um, uh, you know, yeah. So, as always, there's probably going to be spoilers. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I that think we're... it's Well, yeah, it, it, it won't be as spoiler heavy as like when we pick a movie to talk about. Right. But there... at the same time, we are going to be talking about like different scenes. Right. Some of them are really pivotal scenes. Yes. Um, so, so, if you haven't seen them, and just, just know, right. just know that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
so yeah, uh, I I think so. We were we kind of did a little bit of research, uh, you know, just enough to skate by and do this episode. Yes, but we the minimal amount of effort was right. Expelled. Minimal effort, and yeah. we we kind of noticed that practical effects they're used in all kinds of films, but we noticed that the genres like action, sci-fi, horror, those tend to be like the most common genres where practical effects are utilized. I mean, which makes sense because those are going to be the movies, like action movies are going to have the big set pieces, the big right. action scenes. Horror and sci-fi are going to be like fantastical. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it makes sense. Like, right. You know, as much as I love something like... How like, to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? No. <laughs> Aww. Um, well, fuck it. We'll use that as an example. But like... <laughs> You know, or something like uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need a lot of those practical effects because it's just like, it's a very realistic, it's like a love story. And it's a very got realistic Heath story. In it. Yeah, I mean, and Julia honestly, Stiles. That's all you need. And right Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yes. Um, uh, I'm uh, unashamedly, I love that movie. You know what it doesn't have? A good movie. <laughs> you are. Pretty much right. Like I, I recently rewatched it, and it's it's, it's not bad. a good movie. No, it's not good at all. But it's got pretty pretty good and decent actors in it, and I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I guess if you want to use the term, uh, dumpster go- fire. <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't know. I don't know how we I was got gonna on say this. guilty pleasure, but I don't, I don't know how we got to this. Um, yeah, but like I was saying, so a movie like that wouldn't really need a lot of the practical effects like right. that, like Jaws or yeah. Jurassic Park would. Let's get into some actual movies that would use actual practical effects. And that are good. Yes. Uh, you want to start out with, uh, 2001? Your yes. favorite? Yes. Cool. Um, I said this earlier and I'll repeat it for posterity and because it's still true. This movie is 51 years old or very close to 51 years old. And could be released tomorrow, and I'd be like, "Yep, <laughs> on it point." Looks fucking amazing, right? There's shit that they did in this movie that I'm just like, "It's fucking mind blowing." How the fuck did they do that? Like one of the scenes, and even if somebody like had explained this to me, or could explain this to me, or I watched this being filmed, I would still be like, "Nope, black magic." That was black magic, hundred percent. Right. And it's where like I think the lander is coming down, and then it as it comes closer to the screen. Like, you see the fucking people inside the spaceship, like, looking out the window and moving around. I'm just like, what the, f- right. the fuck? <laughs> right, exactly. And this was in, like, 19, you know, this movie released in 68, so you gotta think, like, 66, 67 is when they're filming this. Yeah. But it's done with, like, models and painted backdrops. They look fucking insane. Right. It looks so good. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's a Kubrick film. Right. That helps it a little bit. Yeah. But just the VFX is just like fucking mind-blowing. Right. Uh, I think the the most important one, or one of the most important ones to point out, is the hamster wheel treadmill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I So, I was... I, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing research and figuring out how a lot of these were uh, filmed, uh, just in general. I, I enjoyed, you know, the whole process. But this one, in particular, because... Like I said at the be- towards the beginning of the podcast, this one is kind of fresh in my memory. I recently rewatched it, and I was like, "How the fuck did they film this?" And Kubrick literally fucking built 
a wheel that rotates yeah, like a giant hamster wheel yeah and, and just rotated it around the, the camera absolute madman right bolted the camera down and was like run motherfucker right and, and he he just like he puts it on the fucking sorry harvey i scared the shit out of my dog he puts it on the <laughs> on the business plan hands it to the executives and they're like and you it was a 60 so they're like you want okay. to you want to do what now you're, right you're fucking high and you know what they would say if he did that now you're fucking high yeah like but kubrick was just like we just do that with fucking computers i'm the greatest director that's ever lived suck right. my dick and just did right. it mic drop <laughs> right right yeah. yeah so uh that i mean that's pretty pretty do- i mean that the whole movie like it's it's a you know relatively long movie but that one scene is worth you know watching the price of admission on right. its own yeah, but it's a fantastic movie, and I recommend it to everyone. It's still probably the best sci-fi movie of all time. Right. I will die on this hill. Yeah. I think the article that I found that had the the best description of that scene, they also pointed out, they were like, also on the other end of the spectrum of uh, practical effects and their expensiveness, the one where like the pencil was floating, they used like tape and string. Yeah. So, yeah, like practical effects, they can be done with very little resources. Yeah, I mean, as long as it looks good, that's the important thing. Right, you exactly. Know, it doesn't have to be expensive to be, or like elaborate to be amazing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we mentioned just a second ago that, you know, horror, sci-fi, you know, those tend to be the ones that Genre utilize. movies, typically. You right. Know. Uh, so, I think one of my favorite examples is Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, with the the bloodbath, uh, yeah, blood squirt, the geyser, yeah, the yeah, the blood geyser coming out of the bed after Johnny Depp is uh, unfortunately sucked, sucked to his death. Uh, he was sucked off, and not even in that fun way, like you right. like. Right? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he was he was just right for the picking, and yeah. he he just you know, the mattress just swallowed up and you know, or opened up and swallowed him whole. Yeah, like you do, but, as one does. Right, but. Uh, I, uh, just like 2001, I uh, did not know how this was not, I, I mean, I didn't know how a lot of these were done. Like I said, I you know, had a lot of fun reading about these and, and, and learning, but this one was done on a gimbal. Basically, they they built the set, they built his room, they nailed everything down, and they rotated it to where everything was upside down, and then... Wes Craven took like pig blood, I think, and just poured it through the fucking hole in the top. Right. And you know the the idea was to just make it look, let gravity do its job. You know, suck the you know the blood down so it would kind of uh, look like you know blood was squirting like it was up, geysering up, yeah. right? But it actually like. Granted, we all know what the end product looks like. It looks fucking amazing. But uh, they, like, part of the crew got, like, just blood all over them. Some of them got electrocuted because it got all over, like, the the things that are plugged in, like lights Mm. and stuff. And so they got electrocuted because it just got everywhere. Uh, It was absolutely nuts. But, you know, that's just one of the very many testaments of the dedication of the you know the practical effects teams and directors yeah, more, behind these a more recent movie that used uh something similar like a gimbal was uh inception yes Nolan's inception yeah the hallway with, uh, fight. yeah with joseph yeah. gordon levitt yeah, yeah. um that's, yeah. That's, a, that's another one where nolan's just like hey i'm gonna do this and they're like well you're gonna make this a shitload of money so 
Go, like yourself go for out, it. you crazy British motherfucker. Right. Yeah, he's. Uh, you, you brought up a really good point when we were kind of doing some research about uh, Nolan having a really good mixture, uh, a really good balance of practical and Yeah, and like he, he's... He's sort of got a self-professed affinity for practical effects. Right. But I think that he does a really good job or has his team do a really good job of mixing in the special effects. Right. So, like, there's the really famous scene in The Dark Knight where they flip the semi-truck, which right. was just like... And it, and it looks good the because fuck? they Because they did that shit. Right. He was they, just like, all right, guys, here's what I want you to do. Are you listening? Oh, yeah, boss, what do you want? I want you to flip a semi-truck over. <laughs> Oh, just turn it on its side? Nah, son. No, like like head over ass. <laughs> I want you to do I want you to make that bitch do a somersault. Right. And they were all just like uh, our boss is a madman. No, uh, Fuck it. L- like like on a on a sound stage, like in the, in no, the just middle in of like BFE. A Chicago Street. Yeah, like in the middle of fucking Chicago. Um like Is this even legal? Can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Nolan's gonna go to jail after this. Guys, he's gonna be arrested hundred <laughs> percent. Oh no, I he's got the permits. He's got him. But like a good example of him of him mixing the two types of effects is like in Batman Begins when they're riding the train into the city when mm-hmm. it's like the flashback where I think it's a flashback it's more since I've seen it but like where Bruce is a kid with his dad right riding the train in the city and you see like Wayne Wayne Tower yeah and then the other train in the back or like the tracks in the back like that's all CG yeah but it it looks like it's blended in with like the city and it's just like you wouldn't think that right. His his people do a really good job with that, um, but the, yeah, the gimbal and inception in the hallway fight is just one of those things where it's just like madness, right? Uh, you want to get into some like mechanical props and suits and stuff? Yeah, so I mean, we mentioned Jaws with Bruce the Shark, right? Um, yeah, he he had a name and his name was Bruce. Yes, and he malfunctioned like a motherfucker. Uh, I, it's so funny to me. They were like, "Okay, so we're gonna build this prop that's a shark, which is gonna be in the water the whole time." And then immediately when they put it in the water, it's just like, right. "Fuck all of you!" <laughs> right. And malfunctions. Yeah, and literally sank to the bottom. Yeah. Like they had to go fish it yeah. up, basically. And like, of course, there's like the. It's pretty much like. I guess common knowledge for anybody who's ever who's ever been into movies or like Jaws in particular, where. The movie turned out the way it did is because the puppet looked like shit after they they had they had to keep patching it together and like fixing right, it so they right. couldn't show it. Yeah, and it was like in the original script and the original like shooting script, like you saw the shark a lot more. Mm-hmm. But what makes the movie so effective is like you don't see it. Yeah, you know, and it's just one of those things that like Spielberg basically fell backwards into a masterpiece. Yeah, and, and then was which like, isn't the first time that uh, that's definitely happened before, right? With with or, him or and it, a bunch it, of other it, people. Yeah, I mean, it it would soon happen with several other movies, right? Um, yeah, it was it is pretty nuts. Like it just you know fucking malfunctioning right away. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like. Again, it's from the 1970s. So you look at it now and you're like, this doesn't look that real. Yo, the first time I saw that movie, I, I should, like, right. yeah, I was fucking horrified. Yeah. And that's what, that's one of my, I've watched that movie probably twice a year, every year for the last like 25 years. Right. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's almost as close to a perfect movie as you'll get. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, I'm willing to overlook that because it's so effective. Yeah. You know, like the scene with Quint where he's being eaten is fucking horrifying. Yeah. And that movie is PG. Yeah, like, <laughs> were, were I, the ratings I, people just, like, well, so chain-smoking the, their asses the, well, off? Well, it was the 70s. It was a different time. And the right. ratings were different, too. But it's just, like, that movie is fucking horrifying. Really, yeah. if you think about it. It's, like, within the first five minutes, a girl has gone skinny-dipping and has been eaten. Right. 
That is not a PG movie. All right. Like, yeah. I, I animated walk, movies now are PG. Right. right. <laughs> I walked in on my parents watching that and I was like, I just turned around and walked the fuck out. I, right. I was like, this is not for me. I, I am removing myself from this situation. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, you know, we, we mentioned Jurassic Park as well, which looks yeah. fucking phenomenal still. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because a lot of those are animatronic. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I think the way it boils down is all the shots where you only see part of the dinosaur or most of the dinosaur. It's a mixture of like puppeteering and animatronics and, and dudes and suits. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know when they pull up and you know there's the uh, like the it's, brachiosaurs, right? It's it's pretty much a meme now. But you know where Doctor Grant and um, uh, is it Ellie or uh, uh, Ellie or L? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Doctor Sadler. Doctor Sadler. Yeah, yeah, where they pull up and you know and Doctor Hammond is like, "Welcome to Jurassic Park," and they you know you see the the brachiosaurus. Uh, you know, those yes, they the the CG for that definitely looks dated. Be a little difficult to uh, you know, to practical effects on when that's forty stories tall. Right, exactly. Know? However, uh, with the T Rex, like that's an actual you know animatronic. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, and like <clears throat> I I tried to find more like trivial information about this, and I couldn't. But I do remember reading about it that like there was a dude inside that controlled the motions for the 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 t-rex and it faced similar consequences that uh that bruce the shark did where you know it it's raining that entire scene basically Mm. so it just it was constantly getting wet it was constantly breaking down so like the the scenes where they weren't filming it would literally come to life and it would like freak the the cast Raise members hell. out and, and and like all the you know, the the cameramen and stuff because you know they'd just be like eating you know on break and stuff it, it would just be like and just scare the shit out of people and then like it actually started to like malfunction with the dude inside and he almost died because it just almost collapsed on, right. in on him a really good effect from that that's not nearly as bombastic is the um when the T-Rex is coming up and they see the ripples in the water. Yeah. And they just like fed a guitar string up through the bottom into right. the glass and moved it around. That was so That's, satisfying figuring so that out. cool. I was like, what the, like who the fuck figured that out? Right. Like, like let's, let's feed some guitar strings down underneath the dashboard and we'll have some dude down there pluck the strings. Yeah. And it's just one of those things like, it was a happy accident, as far as I can remember, like how they figured out that that would it's work. Just, it's just ingenious. And again, like practical effects don't have to be anything crazy. Like the T-Rex is awesome, right? right? But like it can be something as simple as that that just yeah. looks cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how long it took them to come up with that. I was like, it's, I mean, it's making water shake. Like how difficult could it be? But I was reading, I was Apparently, it's pretty damn difficult to figure out exactly how to make it, you know, ripple like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it it pains me to say this, but I think we're going to have to talk about Star Wars. Yay! I don't have a problem with it. I actually like Star Wars, like a normal human. Well, you have shitty taste, but that's another <laughs> discussion for another time. Yeah. I will say this, while I'm not a fan of Star Wars... I know. Uh, as much as it does pain me to admit this, they did a lot of things well. And one of the things they did well was effects. Yep. Those paintings, the one that springs to mind is of 
Um, the shot that's of the, I think it's when the tractor beam is booting up and you see like the Death Star and it just lo- looks like it goes on forever and there's yeah. all these lights. That's a painting. That's a matte painting. Mm-hmm. It's like a massive matte painting. Yeah. But it's a painting. Yeah. Nuts. Meanwhile, in 2019, and this was what, 1976, 1977, they're filming this? Right. Meanwhile, in 2019, they're CGing a fucking warehouse. <laughs> all right. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> I, I do not know. Uh, I. I think reallocation of funds to, to people know. instead of things that actually fucking matter. Yeah, but I mean, there's stuff like the trench run on the Death Star. Yeah, that, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, and that was done with uh, with an actual like tabletop model. Yeah, with models and and yeah, and hand painted, handcrafted models. Yep. Um, what really is strange about it is that movie looks amazing and pretty much everybody that's ever watched it has been like, that looks amazing. And again, I don't like Star Wars and I'm like, that looks fucking amazing. Right. And then George Lucas is going to come by in the 1990s and be like, hey, we have computers now, so I'm going to ruin it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just that's just my opinion. Right. Even like the Yoda puppet. Yeah. Looks awesome. Look, looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, I don't. I heard this. I don't know if it's true or not because I didn't subject myself to the horrors of watching these movies. Uh, but it's my understanding that J.J. Abrams actually brought back some of the actual animatronics and some of the puppets for his new. That sounds right. His new movie. Yeah. Which is cool because again they look a lot better. Yeah. Right, Yoda in 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 the second trilogy, which is actually technically the prequel trilogy, making it the first trilogy. This timeline makes no sense. Right, but he looks dumb because it's just like a green blur. Right, like they they tried to make it cool, but with like that Yoda fight w- between him and w- was it the Emperor? Yeah. Or, I I don't. It, it doesn't fucking matter because it's the fucking prequels. But like they tried to you know do the look over here. Uh, with the you know trying to get you to look at the the fancy ass you know him jumping around to compensate for him being like two feet tall and uh, I think that's a cool concept as like him as a fighter but it looked like dog shit because it was just a green blur running around right and a senior citizen being ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it now, bad. Now you will die yeah, it looked bad man yeah. I'm sorry I'm, I'm not sorry it just looked bad. <laughs> George Lucas, uh, you did wrong. Lucky for you, I don't think you're going to find too many people who want to fight you on the prequels. I think they're widely accepted as being not fantastic. There are parts of them that are really good. So I was being hyperbolic when I was like, I do think Star Wars is massively overrated. But I can appreciate the good parts of it. And I think that the prequels have some good parts that don't get the appreciation because of how terrible the rest of the film around those sure. parts are. Another movie is going to pain me to admit that had good effects was Independence Day. <sighs> that now, was that my... is a dog shit movie, and I don't care who knows. <laughs> okay, so this movie was my jam growing up. Like I was, I'm not super into Aliens now, but I, like that was my sci-fi thing of choice like just aliens for for whatever reason I, I think I've talked about it a little bit before on the podcast but when they announced that they're doing this movie with in, uh, uh, that Independence Day with Will Smith and fucking Jeff Goldblum I was like I mean what else could you want a good movie <laughs> fuck off and and so like the effects in you know when it came out they look great and, I mean, parts of it, like, they still look good. Like, when the White House gets blown up, like, 
It was like a plaster for any, model. For any government agents that are listening, we're talking about a movie right. and not actually blowing up the White House. The White House in Independence Day, which is a film that came From out in 1996. Right. That yes. is terrible for the record. Uh, but that excuse- scene looks awesome because, like you said, it's a model. It's right. a little model. And they were just like, hey, we're going to put a bunch of firecrackers in here and light it and see what happens. And it turns <laughs> it, out, it looked cool. It looked pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I believe, so the, the one of the scenes where the fire is spreading across the city, I believe they like built a model of the city and just tipped it on its side. Hey, let's put some gasoline on this bitch and see what happens. Right, and they just lit it on fire to make it look like fire was spreading across the city. And so, like, the, you know, the main big scene, like, uh, the the first one where, you know, shit really goes south and and the the same scene where the White House gets blown up. Um, That's kind of where all this stuff goes down. Um, So... I will. I will definitely concede. I will admit it's it's not a good movie. No, I will say the aliens but, look cool, but again, those, right? Those, those are like pup, puppets. I'm guessing. Or I think something. so. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I don't mean, think you think it's a cool alien design. Yeah. On top of that, it's just like it was. I mean, like you have a it was giant. Very different. Al- I, yeah, I mean, it, it, they weren't the first alien movie to have a little alien inside of a bigger alien, but. In in that design, yeah, like, I thought was, I thought they looked. Cool. I still think those. That's a cool alien design. It's yeah. just unfortunate that the rest of the movie is terrible. It is quite unfortunate. Jeff Goldblum and couldn't even save it. That should tell you how bad it is. It, it should, and the fact that the sequel that came out there was no sequel. It, I refuse. It Speaking should, of Jeff Goldblum, it should just be <laughs> buried in the fucking dirt. Yeah, with all the ET Atari cartridges in the Nevada desert. The ET. That's a real story. Look it up. So, there was an E.T. game tied into the movie for the Atari 2600 mm-hmm. that was so bad and was selling so poorly that the company that manufactured them literally crated them all up and buried them in the desert. No way. I swear to God. That's fucking awesome. I, right hand on the stack law books. That's a real fucking story. Oh, my God. Google it. That was like an old wives tale or a myth for the longest time. They dug those motherfuckers up. Oh, so, that's a fact. So one of the guys that's doing... Pause the podcast and look that shit up. So one of the guys that's doing the Naruto run to uh, Area 51, yes, he might trip he on one? he actually tripped over one. <laughs> yes. That's really what Area 51 was. That's where they were hiding all the E.T. games. Right. That's why none of them have gotten very close. Is they're yes. too busy tripping on yes. Atari games. Seriously, that's a real story. Look it up. Oh, listeners, look that shit up. Yeah. That's a real thing. Now back to the point yeah. of the podcast. And speaking of Jeff speaking Goldblum... Speaking of Jeff Goldblum... Fly, in good movies. In good movies, yes. Right. The Fly, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yes. Um, that movie looks fucking amazing. Yes. It's full of what my good friend Dustin Kramer likes to say, oopy goopy. I don't know what that means, but it sounds uncomfortable. Uh, it, it's just a reference to uh, the, the oopy goopiness of you know parts falling off and yeah, and the it, like it's a gross movie yes we I, before right before we hit record we watched that scene yes we did we watched the final scene and i was just like god damn i love this movie right like it's so fucking gross but you can't look away because it's so it looks good. amazing it's fucking horrifying right it's so so fucking scary right you, you think about like what went into this and like how they they filmed it and just like how they achieved it what the fuck like how did they like like, she goes to like you know like adjust his face and And she she, rips his jaw right she's oh i adjusted it too much (laughs) (laughs) but so we kind of touched on this earlier like uh, cronenberg has a lot of awesome movies like cronenberg is 
a sick fuck. Well, that's not what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I was gonna say he's underrated, which I don't know is true. I think for the people who know, like if you know, you know. I think he gets a lot of praise, well deserved, mm-hmm. from from his fans and and just people who generally like know, quote unquote, know movies. He's definitely like a, a, one of those cult status. I, I think uh, he's directors. underappreciated. Would probably be a better way to put it. Like, I, sure. unless you've seen like The Fly and can stomach it because it's an uncomfortable movie. Yeah. Or like Scanners, which of course has a really famous head exploding scene. Yeah. Which, we watched that one too. Right, I just yeah. love they were like, all right, we're going to get a ceramic head and fill it full of like rabbit guts and blood and I'm going to shoot it with a shotgun. <laughs> and everybody was just like, this sounds like a thing we should do 100%. <laughs> because it's David I've convinced myself, I now, I now understand why CG is the thing now. I get it now. I get it. It makes perfect sense when right, you talk it's, it out. It's suddenly more clear. Right. But it's just, it's awesome shit like that. And we touched on this, but like horror movies... A lot of horror movies do practical effects really well. So, like, um, Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th with Tom Savini. Like, I'm a huge, huge fan of Tom Savini. I was always more of a Halloween guy than a Friday the 13th guy, but that's because Mm -hmm. Halloween's an awesome movie and John Carpenter is basically the king. We'll get back to that. Right. But, like, Savini, if I'm remembering this correctly, and I'm sure there's some nerd on the internet that's going to tell me I'm wrong, um, I want to say he came back from Vietnam... And that was one of the things that inspired him. It was either he came back or it was seen on the news. And, like, back then, the news was showing, like, legitimate fucking carnage from Vietnam. Right. So, like, he was just like, well, shit, if we're going to do these effects, let's make them look real. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these effects. And then this mantle was kind of taken up later by, like, um, well, in a slapstick sort of way by, like, Raimi and Evil Dead. Sure. With, like, the blood guises and shit. And, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. But that really kind of revolutionized what they did with like practical effects and horror, where it was just like instead of um like the blob or whatever, you know, they're like, Oh, 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 oh shit. You know, <laughs> like an axe to the face that looks like a real face just got an axe. Oh fuck. Right. You know. Um Savini is like a king to me. Uh I mentioned Carpenter a minute ago. The Thing, mm-hmm. one of my all, maybe my all time favorite movie. Yeah, the the stop motion animation with it, and just like the different effects they used. There's so many scenes in that that are fucking iconic for their effects. Right. There's the spider head that detaches from the body and is right, walking around yeah. the ceiling. It's just like, what? <laughs> um. There's the scene. Where they're doing, they're trying to do the resuscitation with the paddles, and he goes down to put the paddles on him, and the fucking chest opens, and his hands go in, and oh, the chest closes right, and bites right. the guy's fucking hands off. Right. And it's just like, what the, how the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? How? The first time I watched that movie, and again, this is like, this podcast could very easily become the story of Ted watching movies at a too young of an age to really, <laughs> to really like, not be completely fucked by them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. What? <laughs> yeah, the reason why Ted doesn't like BMCU is because he watched the thing when he was little. Well, it, it, you joke, but it's like you know. I, like I, I said, didn't say anything about joking. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was I led a very charmed movie life. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. One of my friends growing up, his his dad, who unfortunately uh, died too young, um, was a very cool guy. And probably he was a very good parent, 
in a lot of ways, but like he was also very loose with what he allowed us to see. Sure. So like if I would go over there and hang out or stay the night or whatever, he'd be like, Hey, you guys want to watch army of darkness? And we were like, what's army of darkness? He's like, yeah. Oh, buckle in bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, like, like shit like that. Or like the thing, the first time, the first time I ever saw the thing. And I still have this, like they gave me a VHS of the thing because mm-hmm. I'm old and I still have it. I've bought that movie probably five times in different formats just because mm-hmm. it's like, it's, because why not? I watched that movie. Man, there was a time I watched that movie like every month. For yeah. like five years straight. And it's, it's so good. And the effects are part of that. Uh, which was all um, Rob... I think it's Botten. I, I want to say... I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. But Rob Botten. He's won a shitload of awards. Okay. And like he was maybe not a nobody at that time. But I don't think he like he... I don't think he had ever done a major motion picture. Mm-hmm. And so Carpenter kind of took a risk, but when he saw it, he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. um, because there's like the scene with the dogs. It's just, there's so many scenes. Watch the thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't even say it enough. We have you know, a couple more we can mention. There's, uh, you know, there's Alien, the, the chest burster scene. Yeah. Um, I think what's so good about that is they just told the actor and the crew. Mm-hmm. They, they told the one actor who was. The chest. It was, right. it, was, it was a dummy chest, but the one actor who was playing that part. Yeah. Um, and they told the crew, and they told none of the other actors, which I'm sure would not fly. Right. They they, <laughs> uh, they had to tell the crew because someone had to keep the camera straight and, right. and, and not shake. Uh, but when it bursts out and all those horrified reactions, those are real. Right, yeah. Because, because they, they were freaking the fuck out. Right. They had no fucking idea that yeah. some tiny little bitch was going to pop out of <laughs> dude's chest and be like, what up? Um, I love the spoof of that. And I think it's in Spaceballs. Where he comes out and he does like the top hat dance routine. It's so fucking funny. It's I'm so with my funny. little mouth too. Oh no, can you get back in there, little that's, mouth? That's family guy, but I know. Um The uh but that's another good example of like it doesn't have to be crazy. The chess versus scene is crazy, but um the really iconic shot of the egg mm-hmm. where you see something like they shine the light through, you see something moving around. That's just James Cameron's hand. Really? Like in a, yeah. So what they did is like like they built the shell of the egg. Okay. And then there's like a, a it's hollow and there's a hole in the bottom. He put on a rubber glove, put his hand in there, and just was like moving the fingers around in different ways. That's awesome. It. Yeah. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like fuck. That's so simple, but it's so awesome. Right. It's just such a great thing. Yeah. It's it, I, I this this saying has I said a technical. I don't think that's right. Uh, was it was really it really Scott? Scott? Yeah. yeah. Um, this saying has an actual name, but it's the the easiest solution is the simplest solution. Occam's razor. Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh, like that's basically practical effects in more or less a nutshell. I mean, granted, you know, we we talked about a lot of them being just black magic, and you're like, yeah. how the fuck did they figure out how to do this? But, or how do they pull it off? Like, right. Some of them you can understand like how they did it, but it's just like, how the fuck did they make it work? Right. You, you just like, with a lot of them, you have to dumb down your brain because you want to overcomplicate things. And, and like, you're like, yeah, we, we have this vision. How do we make it happen? And, you know, you, you think that there's this complicated solution to it and it's really not. You just, it, it's a matter of, you know, thinking, you know, on the simplest of terms. I jumped the gun a little bit. I got my notes confused, so it wasn't uh, James Cameron that supplied his hand. Um, 
But I did want to mention James Cameron, who basically took practical effects and was like, okay, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Let's go insane. <laughs> like the abyss, and he just films it in a fucking water tank. And he's like, we're just going to film it underwater. Deal with it. Right. And everybody's just like, okay, that's something we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, I just can't imagine the fucking power flex this must have been when he pitched the Titanic movie. Right. We were like, how do you want to do it? He's like, well, we're going to get a giant swimming pool. <laughs> I'm going to rebuild the Titanic, and then I'm going to resync it. <laughs> I'm going to sink that bitch. And then everybody was just kind of like, "Here's all the money in the world." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no one said it, it wasn't good enough that it sank it the first time. Right? He, they're just like, "There's a literal Titanic wreck," and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to need some money for that because we're going to go exploring it." <laughs> right? Because James we're Cameron use... is living the best life <laughs> any fucking buddy has ever lived. Right. <laughs> Man, think I really think about this. I, I've been pitching the idea around of doing a solo episode just about James Cameron, but really, really consider this, okay? He makes Titanic, which I don't care what you. That's a legitimately good movie. It's mm-hmm. got parts of it that I'm like, mm, this could have done without, but it's a legitimately good movie. Anyway, it's like number one movie of all time. Shatters basically every record, right? And just like shits on the world. It got right? like eleven uh, awards at the Oscars that right. year. Power flex. Right. Right. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's like, guys, we're going to space. <laughs> he flexes so hard, he beats his own fucking record with Avatar, and he's right. just like, eat it. Right. All yeah. of you eat it. That dude is he's he's a fucking winner, basically. He uh even though technically Actually, <laughs> Gone with the Wind is the number one grossing movie of all time if you adjust for inflation, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. That movie made like fucking four and a half billion dollars or something if you adjust for inflation. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, Rick so, Baker. Yeah, I think I think we can talk about this one. It kind of wraps up everything. Mm. Uh, I'm well. I mean, there's there's a few. We others. can go on like, and on. There's one other one I want to talk about about after American Werewolf, and then we can start kind of. Okay, I'll I'll t- let you take the reins on this one because this is one that I ashamedly have not seen yet. So this is another really famous scene. Mm-hmm. American Werewolf in London is a great movie. It's a horror movie about werewolves. I mean, it's in the title, right? Yeah. But, it's a legitimately good movie, but this scene is really famous. So even if you've never seen the movie, you've probably seen clips of this scene. Mm-hmm. And it's the transformation. And it's... And he sees the full moon and he starts transforming into the werewolf. And it's all done with, like, makeup or um, puppetry. And it's it's just, like... It's insane. Yeah. It's... It, what the fuck, man? <laughs> um, and it looks awesome. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it's a famous scene, so even if you've never seen American Werewolf for London, which you right. should definitely remedy, you've probably seen clips of this. But, like, you literally watch the guy's snout come out. Yeah. It's fucking madness. Right, His yeah. feet grow. You're just like, how the fuck? What? <laughs> you know? And it's not like CG where you're just like, oh, well, it's easy to CG and, like, animate a foot. Like, what? <laughs> right. How, how the fuck are you going to make a foot bigger? I'm mad. Like, I don't understand this. My right. reptile brain is just like... <laughs> this don't make no sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. Right. Like I said, horror... A lot of horror has pushed the envelope in terms of effects. Right. And then you have Mad Max with dudes swinging around on giant sticks. Mad Max Shuri Road. 
I will literally fight people over this movie. Yeah, we we've we've done an episode on on this, right? Or or no. was was it just that we talked about it? We talked. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. I know we watched it because I finally broke right. down and bought. The, yeah, and we the, bought we watched the Chrome we, edition. Yeah, which we watched the fucking Chrome dope. edition, which is dope. Um, this is a movie like a lot of it is done practically, mm-hmm. which we'll circle back to. But it's another example of like we talked about with Nolan, where right, they're the blending blend. CG. So there's parts of this movie that are computer generated. It's predominantly like the backgrounds and the sky, right? Where they just crank the contrast up to like five thousand, and it's like all purple and it looks fucking amazing, right? Um, but just some of the shit they do where they're like, "Hey, so hear me out, right? We have a semi truck." Okay, all right, I'm with you so far. It's got like 400 amps on it. Okay, that's sure, right? We have a guy swinging from bungee cords <clears throat> with a guitar that shoots fire. And, and nobody was like, no, no, that's not safe. They were all just like, well, fuck it. Right, Let's because, do it. because it's a, uh, uh, what's his name? And no one says no to him. Uh, who's the director? George um, Miller. Yes. Yeah, the, I, I think they were just when you all make too afraid. Babe, two pig in the city, you got clout. <laughs> I, they were just all afraid to be. Like, I don't know if that's like. It, no, it, it's in his hands, so you, you don't it, really have much of a choice. It's so insane to me because, like, if you if you listen to people or read interviews with people or whatever that worked on this movie, they were all like, "It's not going to work. It was a fucking disaster. We're shooting this, and we're all like, this is going to look like dog shit.'" People were like, "This is I'm never going to work again. And then it comes out, people watch it and they're like, I'm going to work again. I'm going to work again. This is amazing. <laughs> right. Man, I've heard people that are like, it's boring. It's just a giant car chase. Fuck you. Literally fuck your own face. When because I just, if, you, if you watch that movie and you're not just like, I want to go get into a muscle car and drive 1,000 miles per hour, right. you're not living correctly. <laughs> I it, Top five best theater experiences going to see this movie. Like... I will watch that movie. I've since I bought that on Blu-ray, I've probably watched it like twelve times. Yeah, it's. it's I'll just it's be insane. like, what do, I, what do I want to watch? I want to watch the car chase from Mad Max Fury Road. Spoiler alert! Right, the whole movie is the car chase. <laughs> it's your everyman of movies. Like it's great for any any yeah. uh, any mood. It's just like one of the scenes that really sticks out, and I got into an argument with someone about this because they were like, "It's CG." Fuck you. Is where they have the. The car hits the spike trap, mm. the, the the spike pit trap, yeah, and flips. They're like, "Oh, that's CG. It looks like shit." I'm like, "No, that's an actual car flipping, and you're dumb, and you should hate yourself." <laughs> because I hate you, and I want you to do. I want you to experience that. I just really want to know what the thought process was. It's like, okay, guys, we talked about the flaming guitar, and you're all good with that. I feel like George Miller was just like trolling everybody. <laughs> And, and nobody caught on because he's like, all right, we're going to get guys. We're going to put them on these. Um, we're going to take the poles from pole vaulting. Mm-hmm. We're going to put them on a truck. And then we're going to have guys swing back and forth on them while right. holding saws. Yes. And everybody was just kind of like, yes, this seems like a thing we should do. <laughs> Definitely, George Miller. 100% <laughs> safe. And he was just like, all right, guys, let's do a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> just like Scarface amounts of cocaine. Yeah. And film this fucking movie. And everybody's just like, yes, George Miller, that seems like a great idea. Even Charlie's Theron, who's like, you're somebody. <laughs> you're a classy person. Right. You're a talented actor. You don't have to do this. She was just like, yes. <laughs> Even Tom Hardy was just like, I just got done filming a Batman movie. I'm chock full of steroids and testosterone. 
Let's fucking do this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all that is exactly That's exactly how, how it happened. Right, yes. yes. Uh, it, nothing would make me happier. If, that's my head cannon. Right, yeah. Um, we kind of got off track there. It's a great movie is the point, And it has amazing practical effects. Right. Um, whew. I need a cigarette and a shower after that. <laughs> right. Uh, this was a fucking fun episode. This was a fun episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I thought of it. Yeah, I'm bad. glad you thought of it too. When you first pitched it to me, I was kind of like, "How I can know. we?" I, I think it's going to be tough to get a full episode out of that, but it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's more like a blog post. And then you really pushed for it, and I was like, "Fuck it, we got to put an episode out." I don't right. have any better ideas. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, I'm glad we did this. No, I, this was a lot of fun. Like, I mean, I, uh, I, I wasn't sure if we would be able to get a whole episode out of it either. Like, you know, I, I told you when you asked me that, and I was like, I don't know. But I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about you know mm. practical effects and you know and CG special effects, but you know the the artistry that goes into practical effects. And so I thought that, you know, you and I, we would have enough knowledge and opinions to kind of bounce off each other and, and for make, sure. you for know, sure. make some interesting points. And, uh, yeah, this was a fun episode real, real quick before we get into some of the other stuff we wanted to talk about as we wrap up practical effects, uh, shout out to listener Josh Wood. Yes. Who <laughs> pitched uh, dead alive as it was known in the States. Um, I think it was called Brain Dead when it was released in Australia. It's one of Peter Jackson's early movies. It's a it's a zombie movie that has practical effects. Um, David's never seen it, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I didn't feel like we could really do it justice talking about it. But right. I will say that it, it does look amazing um, for what it is. Like it's definitely kind of a B movie. I mean, I'm fucking hooked. Like I want to go see it just reading the IMDb synopsis. It's madness. Yeah, like, I remember that. It was about like it. dude dies and comes back and eats rats. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's. I mean, like. Don't go in expecting like high art, but it's a fun movie. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a B horror movie, but it's good. And of course, Peter Jackson is like fucking stupid talented. So right. you know that kind of shines through with it. Obviously, we didn't talk about like every movie with great practical effects. We didn't mention anything from like Guillermo del Toro, yeah. who's really notorious for using puppets and practical effects to yeah. great effect. No pun intended. Um, so there's a bunch of them. If you have any suggestions or if you you know sound off on. On any of the social media we've got, which we'll pitch later. Some of you probably already know. A new segment that we've done once, I think, that we should probably do more reoccurring. Um, quick hits, so like news tidbits that will probably be out of date by the time you listen to this. <laughs> um, but they just released the trailer for um, Birds of Prey as a sneak in front of certain new movies. Mm-hmm. That's gotten a lot of hype. I haven't had a chance to see it because I haven't been to the movies in a while. Yeah. Um, but... I'm interested to see how that turns out. Suicide Squad, for anybody that has ever spoken to me or read the blog post I put up a couple of weeks or a month ago, Suicide Squad is a flaming pile of dog shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping that this one turns out to be at least passable because I think Margot Robbie's a very good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, sure. We talked about that on the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood podcast. Yes. She's very, very talented right. and she deserves much better. Everybody involved really uh, deserved much better than that movie. Even the people that are responsible for it. I don't wish that on them. For sure. Um, there's that. Chris Nolan's new movie, Tenet. Or Tenet. I'm not actually sure how it's pronounced T-E-N-E-T. I'm, I'm guessing Tenet. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. Um, the sneak for that has been showing in front of some stuff. I'd really like to see that. It's supposed to be like a spy movie. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering how they do this. Um, starring Robert Pattinson, who's a very good actor. Right. Um, gets shit for Twilight, which... 
kind of deserved because those movies are terrible and Twilight's terrible. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves for allowing that to happen. Yeah, but that's uh, but he's past. a very good actor. Uh, I just, mean, he looks like he's fucking bringing it in the lighthouse. That's the next movie I was going to bring up. We're officially a month away from that. That yeah. is one of the most like I. That's one of the movies I'm so excited for. I, I can't hardly stand it. I mean, we've we talked were, about that. Yeah, we were like the other night. We were just going back and forth on text. Like, yeah. I mean, we're quoting the movie and it's yeah. not even out. The yet. whole trailer. Yeah, it's just right. Like, but it's just like how well, long have we been on this rock? Like Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, both going a hundred thousand percent for it. Right. Four three aspect ratio. Yes, please. Right. Like what else <laughs> could you ask for? Right. It's just like sold. Like I mean, as long as you release release this bitch on VHS, like I I will be. A happy I don't want man. this on Blu-ray or 4K. I want this to be in the worst quality. Like, give me a Betamax of this movie, and I will die a happy man. Right. Give me a laser disc to break over my. Phone. Fucking head. Right. <laughs> Fucking laser discs. We made a terrible mistake. Uh, with those. It's like a like a vinyl record, but a CD version. <laughs> like, like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like you had the VHS. They did not like, think why, that out. Why would, why would you make it bigger, man? <laughs> why? You had CDs even at that point. What are you fucking thinking? Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was people. just not well thought out. Uh, um. That looks amazing. This has been out. It's I think it's probably already out of theaters. But the Midsommar director's cut mm-hmm. was fucking great. Yeah, I'm glad we went back and, I'm and glad saw we, that. I'm glad we went and saw that again as well. Ad Astra just opened, which is kind of from what I've seen of it has been sort of div- divisive. Sure, um, but I think that's because it got pitched as like two different movies. So it looks kind of like an arty sort of meditation style movie, like a little sl- a bit of a slow burn. Okay, and. But also, apparently, like, the second half kind of flips and it becomes, like, really action-oriented. So, I've seen a couple of different trailers for it. The first first wave of trailers, like, as it did its festival rounds, was very much more, like, Art house. methodical and, like, art, arty and kind of, sure. kind of like that. The second round of trailers I've seen have been more, like, trying to pitch it as an action movie. So, I think people are probably going to go and be disappointed when it's not really fully either one. Yeah. But, Brad Pitt, I'll go see it. I'll go right. shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it chapter two is out and is kind of getting shit on. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm yeah. The first I've, one was really fucking good. Yeah, I've heard some polarizing opinions. I've heard you know some great things and some not great things, and I have refused to kind of listen and take uh, heed of any of those opinions until yeah, I see it myself. So we've talked about this, like I I like reading critiques and different critics. Like I don't really pay attention to them. In terms of like, don't go see this movie because if I want to see it, I'm going to see it regardless. Right. Don't um, tell me my business, Devil Woman. <laughs> right. But it's just like I'm. I'm interested in all that. But like Rotten Tomatoes ratings, I do not care about whatsoever. Yeah. Um. That's kind of it. That's all the news that you can use that will be out of date by the time you listen to the podcast. Exactly. Uh, you want to do shit that doesn't suck? Sure. Yeah. What, what do you have? You go ahead. Um. Uh, let's see. What do I have? What did I? What I? Uh, so I guess I'll do uh, the Midsummer Director's Cut. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, like I know we just literally talked about it, but yeah, I so I, I I won't spend too much time on it. I think you know we we talked about it a little bit afterwards when we got out of the theater, and we agreed that for the most part it was pretty cool what they added back in. There were a few scenes where we're you know obviously that that could have been left out. But there was like one scene where they were about to 
chuck this boy in the river with weights tied to him and just let him that fucking drown. That scene was amazing. Yeah. I and was like, they, I understand why they cut it, I think, but... I think it should have stayed in. Yeah. In the in the in the release like the theatrical yeah, both cut. That part and uh the argument that follows after between um Danny and Christian. Yes. Yeah. I think for a lot of the stuff they cut, it gave you a little more background for on sure. some of the characters and and some of the story stuff that wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't fully fleshed out because like if you were paying attention you got a lot of it through like subtext or whatever. Right. But it, it brought a little more of that to the forefront. Sure. I, I will definitely agree with that. But yeah, uh, just overall, I, you know, I, I was a little trepidatious about it being pretty much three hours, uh, mm. three hours long uh, in a horror movie. And so I wasn't sure <laughs> what to expect, but I'm very glad. Yeah, like I, I, think, said, I think a lot of it worked. There's some of the stuff that was added back in that I was like, okay, like the the drive to the commune once they land in Sweden is, is longer in the sure. director's cut. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is this doesn't really add anything I mean, in my like, opinion. Like the cutting and editing of it was kind of neat. Yeah. But I, for the most part, it wasn't. Integral I, I, yeah, I didn't feel like it really added, added anything. Yeah, the only the only thing it really added is like it gave you some some more background that like oh Josh understands like the runic alphabet somewhat because that's kind of what his focus on is in studying. But this is like and it, it drove the point home that the other dude with the the short reddish hair is super fucking annoying. Yeah, I'm very glad he was killed. <laughs> I know that yeah. sounds terrible, but he kind of yeah mm, kinda. he deserved it. Um. Yeah, it was what's, really good. What's your shit that doesn't suck? I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna do two. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say Mad Max Fury Road. <clears throat> if you did not get that, if I did not come across as recommending that earlier, I don't I, think we talked about it at all. I, you're right. I don't think we we talk about it. Let's do a podcast. Oh, fuck it. Let's right. just trap this and do a podcast. Cool. On Fury let's Road. let's go ahead and spend like 45 <laughs> minutes on it right now. I can spend like four and a half hours on that fucking movie. <laughs> um. No. That that one. Uh, I guess more seriously. For those of you that have listened to the podcast before, everybody knows I'm a huge John Woo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Korean remake of one of John Woo's movies, A Better Tomorrow, that he was actually a producer on. So I'm always a little wary of remakes just because they can go either really well, like The Thing we talked about earlier was technically a remake, which is amazing and surpasses the original The Thing from Another World. Right. Or they can go really, really poorly like the old boy remake. Uh, anyway, so I, it's a remake. They changed some things. Um, some of which I was like, okay, that makes more sense for the context of this. Um, some of it I was like, that's just a different take on it, whatever. Um, overall, I was very pleasantly surprised. To me, it's still not as good as the original, um, but it's also not like terrible. It's very it's very good. I found it at McKay's for like four dollars or something okay um i'm sure you can probably find it on like amazon prime for for probably like a dollar 99 rental or find the blu-ray someplace um it's pretty good so i think i think that's this week i think that's it cool yeah uh like always you can find us on all the social medias facebook instagram twitter uh youtube if you want to consider that a social media platform Mm -hmm. uh it's also where we release more of our podcast material Mm -hmm. in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, just search for Geek Garage Podcast on any of those. We yeah. should pop up. Right. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter or Instagram at Ted is on Fire. I also have a letterbox account where I do uh, some reviews on it as well. You can find me by searching Ted is on Fire there. Um, of course, there's also the podcast website, geekgaragepodcast.com, where we have a blog that we should probably update more. Yeah. More frequently. Yeah. <clears throat> I... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
like totally hold the phone i have made like a game plan for the next like month and a half which is the first i do not believe you uh, I can show you the Excel spreadsheet because, like, legit, I have mapped out our next, like, six episodes. That's good. Uh, Somebody should, because God knows I'm not. Right. No, I, I'm just damn sick and tired yeah. of, like, not having yeah. any direction. So I am, like, determined to have, you know, episodes lined up and, and be prepared for all of them. And I'm going to start having guests on for the... Uh, main geek garage show again um, i know it's been my wife Lindsay for the past couple and she's been great and she's going to continue to be on uh, episodes more often but like i said i, I am going to start having more guests on uh, the next geek garage main show i'm having uh, my friend chase on we're going to do uh, a episode on uh, game collecting uh, video game collecting uh, because he is a big game collector and so um he's going to kind of school us in his knowledge so yeah um that's for the main podcast for geek garage ghost movies we have a couple of horror themed episodes coming up since yeah. next one is halloween right um one of those will be on halloween mm-hmm. uh and kind of it's different iteration so the original superior 1978 version by the horror master john carpenter mm-hmm. um we'll also touch on zombies um Attempts. Uh, which we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, as well as, I think it was David Gordon Green uh, that did the latest re- um, reboot. Oh, with, with Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, coming back. With, yeah, back to it. And they also announced that they're going to do two, two more sequels to that, and then they're going to kill it. Hmm, okay. That's going to end it. At least until, you know, 15 years down the road where they're like, hey, we can still make money off this shit. Sure. Um, we'll talk about all that. Uh, the other one's kind of up in the air. Yeah, um, I we'll don't figure if, it out. I don't I mean, know if we've set something aside. We may just do like a general horror episode. Yeah. Structured a little more like this one where we just talk about different movies and not focus on one as much. Right. Uh, the countdown to Galaxy Con rages yeah. on. That is 11, 22 through 24 in Louisville, Kentucky. We have a booth. We are very excited for it. Come say what's up. Tell your friends to come say what's up. Yes, we have um, a little miniature Yoda. Actually, it's probably more like a life-size Yoda that, yeah, it's, uh, that, it's that will be there to help us uh, pass out candy and buttons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll come complete with a banner this yes, time. Yes, the banner has been ordered. It looks like a banner? <laughs> yes, yes. It is a life-size banner, believe yes. it or not. And yes. uh, it will have the name of the podcast, which will help people immensely to Not be identify- like, who are these weird fucking people behind the table not talking to anyone exactly. because no one's bothering them. Right, yeah. yeah. So uh, We yes. are very excited, for sure. Exactly. And we're very, very humbled uh, and thrilled that GalaxyCon let a budding podcast like us 100% uh, be a part of that. That's very awesome. Yes. Um, so come say what's up. We'll have, uh, you know, buttons and stuff to, to give away. We're also talking about doing a game of sorts, like a bingo card. Yeah, cosplay bingo. Yeah, cosplay bingo, um, which, I mean, everybody's played bingo before. You get five in a row, uh, horizontal, vertical, and diagonal, um, and, and win a prize. We may have a couple of different prizes, one for uh, one for Friday, one for Saturday, and then we may have, like, a big, super, super prize. Uh, we haven't fully flushed it out, but come say what's up. Hang out. We're very excited for it. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I think, think I think we're done. Yeah. Ted, hit us with that sign-off line. Yeah. So uh, watch more movies because movies make life better. And also watch Mad Max for your own thing. Thanks. Bye. Yes.
Uh, are you excited to talk about today's episode? Fuck yeah, I am. Good. I am so excited. I need you to bring that energy, the the BDE, or big dick energy as the kids <laughs> call it. Oh, you can't handle the tooth. Are you proud of that? No, because it's... You shouldn't be. And it's got boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I honestly don't know why I bother. I think it's a thing that lives on the internet. I think it's an internet thing. Yeah. But I'm old, so I don't know about those things anymore. Right, yeah. The dank maymays have passed me by. Back in my day, we used the telephone to connect to the internet machine. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And And we we creeped on girls on MySpace. You little bastards now don't know how lucky you have it. Right. We're going to have to cut that, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs)